The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. PFTOT Thursday edition. Before we unleash Chris on his family for the weekend, we have some questions left over from the call that we made, both to the PFTPM Posse and to the Chris Sims Unbuttoned Homies. So let's answer a few of them. Look, you could say it's lazy that we didn't actually sit down and come up with a topic, that we're letting you do the work for us. You could say all those things, and they would be accurate. That's exactly what we did. Every once in a while, we don't want to think of a topic. We let you think of the topic. Chris, here's the first topic that is on the minds of the PFTPM Posse, and this comes straight from the official PFTPM Posse account. What do you see happening with players and teams that have multi-year big-money contracts if the cap has a huge drop in 2021 due to the absence of revenue from ticket sales and also popcorn and beer and hot dogs and everything else that goes along with the game day experience? Will star players have to cut or be cut in order to get under the cap, uh, or will the NFL and the NFLPA come up with some other alternative? Chris, this is a real issue because we've always seen the cap go up and up and up and up, and as you sign players to contracts, you know there's going to be more money next year than there is this year, uh, but next year there could be less than there is this year, and it could put some teams in a real squeeze. Could we see, in your view, an influx of a bunch of veteran players who are overpriced who get dumped because the cap has been slashed. I do think so. I do. I think it's a very real possibility. Now, I also think it's a possibility the NFL does find a way here to to figure out some formula that maybe makes sense to save some of those type of casualties where, you know, a team gets to, you know, oh, hey, these three guys are cornerstones of our franchise and only half their contract counts against the salary cap or something like that for the 2021 season. I can see that happening. Uh, but I don't know. I haven't heard rumors. But, yeah, I think for star players who are underperforming and maybe the team looks at them and goes, ooh, they're not worth what we're paying, certainly in big-time trouble of being released or cut. And then I think the other thing is re- renegotiating contracts, you know, and, and trying to figure out a way to where it makes sense for that 2021 season to make that number fit to where, yeah, maybe you have to give a guy more of a – you know, a, a new signing bonus when you redo his contract or whatever, but it lessens the number uh, for that yearly hit. I, I think you're going to see a lot of that type of juggling going on. But what, what, what do you say? Because I know you got a better feel for this stuff than I do. And this is another reminder of why I like taking questions, because sometimes the questions force me to consider things in a yes. way that I otherwise just wouldn't sitting around thinking about whatever the news of the day is. Here's the reality. Every year, the salary cap is the product of a negotiation between the NFL and the NFL Players Association. They pick the number together. And the teams aren't going to want to see a dramatic drop in the salary cap because they want to avoid having to cut key players, having to restructure contracts they'd rather not restructure. And when we consider that before too long, there's going to be a recovery financially, there's going to be new money that gets pumped into the NFL's coffers via the next wave of broadcast deals, 
they could essentially borrow against future salary caps. They could prop up next year's and take it from future years. So instead of having an explosion in the cap when the new TV deals kick in, they could keep the cap steady next year and make up the shortfall in the future years when more money pours in. It's almost essentially the the owners loaning themselves money to pay players, knowing that in future years when there's more money coming in, less of it goes to the players. But that's an easy fix, Chris, and I hadn't thought of that until just now. The salary cap could be the exact same next year, and the owners get their credit in future years when the revenue not only recovers but moves north with the new TV deals. If I had to guess, I think that's the outcome. We're not going to see a dip in the salary cap. We're going to see it the same, maybe even a little bit higher, just to show everyone, hey, we're fine. And then the money from future years is what's going to subsidize the the ability to keep the cap at or close to where it is in 2021. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting. It really will. I, I you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but that's also all predicated on, oh, the economy's going to get turned around and be somewhere in a positive, you know, spot here six, seven, eight months from now. And I'm just not sure that's the reality. So, again, like, I I think that thought and what you're saying makes a whole lot of sense. I'm just not sure. Again, it's going to be one of those things we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to see what the, the, you know, jobless rate is in in America, the unemployment rate. And then to see what what kind of fan attendance do we get this year, you know, as restrictions get eased and things like that. How comfortable are people going to a stadium and consuming – you know, these products and being in a place where other people are touching the hand railings and everything else. You know, I think those are all things that are going to play into what you're saying. And uh, I don't think we're going to have those answers for a while. And the clock, the clock, Chris, is ticking on these TV deals. The Monday Night Football deal expires after the 2021 season. The rest of the contracts expire after the 2022 season. I could see the NFL doing kind of a short-term Band-Aid deal just to wait until everything is back to normal or as close to normal as it's ever going to be when the big money can be spent by the networks to do a longer-term deal. But if there's concern that it's going to take time for the economy to recover, I think it makes sense for the NFL to go short-term. But, again, that that is going to delay the day when the NFL gets that that huge increase in rights fees that it was anticipating getting once it got a new labor deal in place. Next question from Brian Donahue, 56. Do you see temperatures being taken of every fan at the gates before going through a metal detector? Of course, this is all premised on fans showing up. And Chris, let me just answer this one quickly. I watched 60 Minutes this week. There was a segment about what's going on at Amazon with all the people that are working to ensure that all the things we order show up. They actually have a scan that they do of you that doesn't touch you. Like as you come through the doors, it catches your temperature. So I think at a minimum, they're going to do that. And anybody that's got a fever isn't going to be allowed in. It doesn't mean they're not carrying the virus, but it's at least a basic litmus test to say, hey, if you've got a fever, you're not coming through the doors. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it's a real possibility. How expensive is that technology? I mean, that would be the other question I have, you know, and just, man, how long will that slow down the process of people getting into the stadiums? I mean, that's not a big deal, we know, but it'll certainly be a pain in the butt. Uh, so, I, I mean, it makes sense. That would be the correct thing to do. You know, and again, we don't know. That's not going to be foolproof, as you said. You know, there's a lot of asymptomatic carriers of this virus out there who have no clue, never showed any signs, no fever, anything like that. So you're still going to be taking a tremendous risk in that scenario. But uh, this, 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 this type of 
formula or scenario would lessen that to a degree. You know, I don't know, but Amazon's got more money than anybody in the world, so they can afford that type of technology. You know, the NFL is, you know, unwilling to put 32 sky judges in a stadium or have somebody there to look at the proper inflations of the football because they don't want to spend money. Are they going to spend millions of dollars on temperature machines outside of each stadium? I don't know. I don't know how much it's going to cost. I have a feeling the technology isn't ridiculously expensive. And from the time angle, there's going to be plenty of time to scan people's temperatures because when they do let fans back in, I think it's going to be a slow progression to your seat because uh, they're not going to just open the gates and let people flood in. Uh, Mark Cuban, the Mavericks owner, was talking about how the, the, the NBA is planning for that eventuality where you basically are ushered to your seats one at a time. Can you imagine how long it's going to take to get in and to get out of a stadium? People may stay away just because it's a pain in the butt to I get agree. to your seat and to get to your car, given the efforts to keep people properly separated. All right. Aussie Chiefs fan. Love the show, Mike. I would love to get Chris Sims' opinion on how Trevor Lawrence compares to Patrick Mahomes in terms of arm strength, arm angles on throws, accuracy and velocity, just all around talent. Thanks for the opportunity to answer a question. Listening from Australia. I don't know how much you've studied Trevor Lawrence, but based on what you've seen so far, is there any comparison in any of these metrics between him and the best quarterback in football? No, I can't say that there is. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is awesome. And don't get me wrong here. And he's, he's got every chance to be the number one pick of the draft next year and, and deserves to be in that conversation. Mahomes, Mike, Mahomes is one of those guys when I turned on the film of his last year at Texas Tech and started, I just kept going, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. What a throw. Why isn't anybody talking about this guy being the number one pick of the draft? I mean, I, I, I just can't tell you how blown away it is I, I was by him. And, you know, anybody that doesn't want to believe me or whatever, go back and look at my old videos on Bleacher Report. I said it from the get-go. You know, Lawrence is really awesome. He's got a real good arm. It's better than Joe Burrows, who was the number one pick this year. But I think more Lawrence is more of a, you know, it's, it's, he's got the whole arsenal is available to him as far as throwing. I mean, all the clubs in the bag, touch, can drive the ball with power as hard as he wants all of those things, but, you know, I don't think he's in that Mahomes class of type players. I think he's more of like a more polished Justin Herbert who we saw, you know, at the number six pick this year, a slightly more talented version of like a Daniel Jones, who was the number six pick last year. Uh, I, I look at him kind of like that, but very poised, played in a lot of big time games and, you know, can run, throw, got it all. We saw that the last two years in college football. And it's going to be fascinating to see what decisions he makes from a business standpoint about the coming yeah. season. The college season is in flux. At some point, he's got to just pull the plug and say, I, I'm not doing it. I'm not, it. It all depends upon length of schedule, where the games are going to be played, the circumstances, everything, how much prep there's going to be before the games start. But at some point, the business decision will need to be made by Trevor Lawrence as to whether or not this is something that even makes sense for him playing one more year or just waiting until he enters the draft. I think he'd still be one of the top picks, even if he doesn't play. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.
Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right. right. Important question from Tyler Forness. What was your favorite memory or scene from Jerry Stiller? And for me, it's simple. And last night I was down in the barn watching old Seinfeld episodes that included Jerry Stiller playing Frank Costanza. And there are plenty of great scenes and great moments. And he steals every scene he's in. But to me, the best one is when the Costanzas are having dinner with the Rosses in advance of George and and Susan's wedding. And out of nowhere, because they're having Cornish game hen, so it's not there is at least a connection to what's happening. Frank says, let me get this straight. You've got the rooster, the hen, and the chicken. The rooster goes with the hen... So who's having sex with the chicken? And Mr. Ross says, the, they're all chickens. The rooster has sex with all of them, to which Frank says, that's perverse. That, to me, is the ultimate. And I know he didn't write the line, and I haven't heard that he ad-libbed the line. I just think that whole scene, that whole moment, to me, I don't know that I'd want to be remembered for a scene like that once I'm dead. But, hey, he's a comedian. He wanted to entertain people. To me, that's going to be the enduring memory of Jerry Stiller, a.k.a. Frank Costanza. That's yeah. perverse. Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, listen, I'm not the Seinfeld, you know, uh, you know, what do I want to say? You know, viewer you are. I don't have quite the knowledge. I don't sit there and know every show to the extent you do. But when I always think of like Jerry Stiller, I mean, I, the first thing I think of on the Seinfeld show, it is, you know, him yelling Del Boca Vista, like him just doing that is always the mental image I get of him saying that or when George was moved and living at home and having to deal with that, those scenes were really hilarious too. Uh, but I think the whole like Del Boca Vista thing is probably the one thing that really jumps out to me about Jerry Stiller. And, and let me just add this. And, and I don't want to get, I don't, it's not necessarily political. It's more sociological than anything else. But I grew up in the 70s and the world was very different. In the 70s, the traditional roles of men and women in the family unit, very, very different than it is now. And I remember as a young boy watching the Carol Burnett show and she introduced a couple who are married and they have different names Ann Mira and Jerry Stiller. And the idea of the wife not having the same last name as the husband in 1973 was incredibly foreign to most people, especially to little kids, right? And then she's funny, arguably funnier than him. And she's taller than him by like three or four inches. It just like turned upside down 
what as a kid in the 70s the environment that you're in you're you're processing what the adults perceive the roles to be of husband and wife in a household and he he had the self-confidence in himself as you would say he had the security as to who he was he would marry someone taller than him funnier than him go ahead keep your name i don't care and that just was like a small little dot at a time when the world really was very different that i i don't know it's just an, a, a stone in the development of the world we now live in where things like oh well, a woman kept uh, her name when she married her husband all right that's, that's no big deal it happens all the time now but but just th- that to me and I, again i don't want to go too deep with this but it was so different from what you were used to seeing in the 70s growing up and i think it was a good thing and i think it was a good message for men out there about you know, being secure in who you are, even if your wife's taller than you, even if she's funnier than you, even if she chooses to keep her name. So I don't know. I probably bored you to death with that. But I, I was thinking of that last night that, you know, looking back on that at the time, it really was significant to me. Way ahead of his time. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's significant. I mean, you bored me a little bit there going down memory lane. That's all right. But it was still, That's but all it's right. still it, it is. It just shows you how smart he was, how evolved he was. To know, and like you're right, self-confident to realize that a lot of that stuff is just bull crap and doesn't mean anything anyways. All right, Corey Joskowitz, any consideration to bring a new pup into the house for you or Chris Sims? We talked about this briefly when we were doing the big sell for the Beverly Hills Dog Show, 8 p.m. Eastern, NBC on Sunday night. Uh, you know, you've already got two, and you've got chickens, and you've got cats. All I have is the dog. I really want the second dog. Here's why I think I won't get the second dog. Because the first dog has locked onto my wife. And everywhere Jill goes, the dog is there. I mean, for whatever reason, Jill's the alpha. And the dog is with Jill all the time. Now, if Jill's not here, dog's with me all the time. I'm the beta. I, I'm, that's fine. I'm, I'm the Jerry Stiller in this marriage. <laughs> I have no problem with that. But, but her concern is, because I want to get a dog that follows me all over the place. I want, the, I, I want my dog. You've got your dog. I want my dog. She's concerned that she'll have two dogs follow her all over the place, which probably will happen, which probably is why we're not going to get a second dog, Chris. Well, I, I think, you know, I do think that you could pull it off. I do. You know, one, you know, I, I think that that other dog, that puppy, will either realize, oh, wow, this, this, is, this is Jill's dog over here at Basie, and it'll start to gravitate towards you because it'll realize that, you know, Basie doesn't love you as much. Uh, so I can see that happening, certainly. Or Jill ends up, you know, liking the puppy, and then Macy realizes, oh, man, I'm not the favorite anymore, and then she is relegated to having to you to be the favorite, you know? So that, that can happen. Like, we have our dog, Toto. My little girl was obsessed with Toto. Toto was a Karen Terrier. We got Bentley, and he was a cute, all-black German Shepherd. And, man, Toto got thrown out of the window in a hurry. And my little girl is all about that German Shepherd now. And Toto's moved on to me and my wife now as the favorite. So uh, it, it certainly can happen that way, too. Well, I don't know that I'm going to find out. And it sounds like you're not going to find out what happens when a third dog no gets introduced way. into the mix. No way. Two dogs, three cats, uh, three chickens, and two bunny, I mean a bunny, bee, beehives outside of my window where I'm sitting right here. We got two different hives of bees too. So we got enough going on here. I don't want anything else on my damn house or yard anymore. I'm not messing with beehives, man. They sting. 
They don't bother you unless you went in there and try to steal their honey. You could walk right by their hive. They have, they're not aggressive by nature. They're only aggressive if you start to mess with them. Then they're going to get involved with you. But uh, they, they really, they sit out here and they're in the sun. And it's unbelievable to watch the teamwork and what they do and everything like that and how they rally around the queen bee and she's the boss. It's, it's very interesting uh, to see how they operate. You know, it's funny, all these different lines from all the various Seinfeld episodes that seem to fit any occasion. We were talking about Frankistanza earlier. You talk about bees and getting stung by a bee. There's a moment in one of the seasons, and I'm not to the point where I can recite chapter and verse. In one of the shows, George has fallen and injured his knee, and Jerry points out to Elaine that George was running from a bee, which is just a beautiful (laughs) image. All right, last one before we wrap this up. Uh, Just Saying asks, were the Falcons ahead of the game when they pumped fake uh, fake crowd noise into the Georgia Dome? Obviously, they got busted for that, using fake crowd noise to enhance the ambient noise. And that's a a story now because – There are reports, and Joe Buck from Fox has flat out said it's a done deal, although Andrew Marshawn of the New York Post says it's not a done deal, that the networks will use fake crowd noise and possibly virtual fans. So when they cut to a wide shot, there'll be an image of fans in the stands, even if fans aren't there. Chris, I don't think they need any of that stuff. I think the game is good enough to survive without basically a laugh track. I mean, plenty of great sitcoms have worked without being, you know, informed as a viewer what's funny and what's not funny. We know what's right. compelling. We know when to cheer. We know when to boo. We know when to scream. I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I, you know, I'll keep an open mind. I just don't think it's necessary. But maybe it is necessary for the casual fan. And if pro football is the only sport that's happening this fall, maybe there we will be more casual fans that need to be indoctrinated into the game and need to be coached with that ambient sound, that extra sound, not the ambient sound, but the artificial sound, on on when to get excited about what's happening in front of them. Well, I mean, I, I'm I mean, I'm with you, right? Okay, and you know the Falcons, yeah, the crowd noise. I always thought the Colts did that in the old RCA dome, and even the Vikings back in and you know their day on the old. Uh, how what was that, dare the, you? How dare I? The Metrodome. Uh, I mean, yeah, the Metrodome. Excuse me. So there was always those you know, rumors hey, of that. What? Go ahead. I I got I got two seats from that stadium. Did I ever tell you that? You know what? I think I, I do remember you telling me that. It was just really cool. I mean, yeah. I like that. It's, yeah, it's good to have that. I have two seats from the old Yankee Stadium, uh, which is uh, important to me because I'm such a big Yankee fan. But, you know, with the crowd noise things, I'm with you where I don't need to hear the fake crowd noise. But I will say this. You know, if I'm the NFL and also I'm the team that's playing at home, you know, I don't know, maybe this is what you do to create a home field advantage for for the excitement of the matter, right? To where, hey, if you're the home team, you know, the NFL sets forth a rule. You can make fake crowd noise up to this decibel level when the other team's on offense to, you know, make it harder on them, to give you some sense of a home field advantage. I can see that being a very real possibility instead of just being two teams that are like, oh, yeah, we're playing in this city, uh, but who cares where we're playing? There's nobody here, and it doesn't really affect the game that way other than we had to travel here. You know, I think that would be something that they might uh, talk about and deliberate about a little bit. Now, now look, there's, there's one way to do this where the sound would be supplied only for the TV broadcast so they wouldn't hear it at the stadium. But if we do have a situation where – 
The games in Florida have fans. The games in California don't. And there's a competitive imbalance. Right. Then you would or should allow the teams that are hosting games in stadiums without fans to use crowd noise. Uh, it would all have to be negotiated and executed properly, and you'd have representatives from both teams involved in making sure that the sound levels were right. I mean, it really becomes a can of worms, but I think it's fair. I think it balances out that inherent distinction between not having fans for some teams and having fans for others. All right, one last email that I just received, and this is an important topic that we need to address before we go. This comes from Terrence Searcy. Have you noticed ghostly orbs floating around Chris during your broadcast? Are you worried about potential demonic possession of your co-host? I don't know that anyone has told you this, but apparently there are some ghostly orbs that are floating around in the background of your shot, Chris. Well, I mean, I would think it's just the sh- I'm, I'm, there's a huge window right here. OK, and I would think it's just the shadows of the sun and I don't know, the trees that are out here in my yard and whatever else. Now, there could be ghosts here. My house is 295 years old, so there could be could be some British soldiers just walking behind me right now that were here for the Revolutionary War. I'm going to ask them if they want some coffee or a cup of tea. Maybe they do. I don't know. I'm not scared of them either way. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I look at it this way. I remember when I was a kid, I was scared of all that crap. You make it this long in life without seeing any tangible evidence of ghosts or anything like that. Of course, I'm probably inviting, you know, some sort of a poltergeist infiltration in my house tonight. But you get to a point where you're like, none of that stuff is going on. And as I say that, as I say that, my phone is sliding across the desk. I got to go. I, I got to <laughs> run. <laughs> Literally. All right, Chris, enjoy your weekend. Great week as always. We'll do this again on Monday. I'll be back Friday with Big Cat from his place in brooklyn and uh we'll be updating the website around the clock chris will be doing chris sims unbuttoned later today i'll do a pftpm at some point either way you can find us pretty much anywhere and we'll see you friday morning bright and early for another pft live see ya teats and watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever what's that mean it means never cutting corners ever it means cooking not processing it means our virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection then twice baked to layer the flavors it takes more time but you can taste the difference we come to work every day to do it the right way even if it's the hard way because if it's not right for us it's not right for you deets and watson it's a family thing since 1939 the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keepitfunohio.com for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand